Welcome to the Be Transformed podcast. I am Adam Lavecki, and I am here with DK Kim and we are your hosts. Thank you for joining us. We are in this space to help you renew your mind and transform your life. We will be having helpful, honest, and hard conversations about culture and the kingdom of God. These conversations will help you to not be conformed to this current culture and will help you to grow in Christ. Jesus commanded us to preach the gospel and make disciples. This is an ongoing digital discipleship discussion. If you find this helpful, please subscribe, review, and share the Be Transformed podcast. Episode 7, Listen. Hey Adam, uh, today I just want to talk about a, a pretty common question. Um, doesn't matter where you are in your walk with the Lord, when people want to walk on the right path, make changes in their life, um, make big decisions, the common question is, I don't know if I'm hearing the Lord right. Yeah. How do I hear from God? How do I know if it's God? Yeah, how do I know if it's God? Well, I would say that if you want to become more familiar with the voice of the Lord, you have to become more familiar with Scripture. Uh, Scripture is spirit-breathed. So Jesus sounds like the Scripture. And if it's not Christ-like, it's probably not God. And so there's, there's a bunch of different ways that we can measure, is God speaking? Um, and so I, I want to touch on some of those, but I also want to kind of touch on some of the things that I believe hinder people. So we, we want to remove the roadblocks so that we, we can clearly identify what God is speaking. So we're going to kind of patch up uh, that the yeah, road. That's really interesting. Your initial response to this question was scripture, because I think um, many folks when they ask this question, they're really wanting this supernatural experience, like hearing the audible voice of God or getting some kind of, you know, experience rather than going to the Bible. So that's a really interesting point. And um, one of my professors, uh, Rob Emer, he likes to say this. He goes, every time we pick up the Bible we are one Holy Spirit breath away from a fresh encounter with the living God. And I think we really underrate the Bible as a living encounter with, with, with the living God that we're looking for. Yeah. I think we religify the Bible and we seek some sort of weird experience. And the question is really, what are we doing with what we already know? And are we being faithful with what God has already clearly revealed in his word? So when you reprimand a child, I've got three children, and they're experts at deflecting and saying it's someone else's fault, it's not me, and they're experts at changing the subject. But here's the thing, with God, God doesn't change the subject. So we have to become delusional almost because we kind of like block him out, press mute, and then we want to have an encounter. But what is it that we want to have an encounter with? An experience or is what God's saying to us and clearly revealed to us in Scripture not a priority in our life? And so are we seeking an experience, not God? Yeah. I, I think that within the charismatic church, that can be an issue. And the danger the, the danger there is that we're, we're really close to Gnosticism. Mm, can you explain that a little more? Um, like we're seeking an experience, uh, a spiritual experience, and that spiritual experience kind of elevates those who had it versus the, those who don't, didn't. And, and and there's a bunch of things that it's basically seeking an experience instead of seeking God. 
Yeah. The funny thing is, you know, if you really understand scripture and you understand obedience, it builds that into you. But if you don't have that baseline, are you even going to obey if you hear God supernaturally? You know, that's that's another thing. It's like we want to get the encounters, we want to get the experience, but are we even ready to obey without yeah. without without the word of God in us? Yeah, we need to basically have our hearts set on obedience, and then I would say it'd be pretty impossible not to hear from God. When your heart is humble and your heart is willing and your desire is to honor the Lord and, and to obey Him, it would be difficult not to hear Him. Yeah. I love what you um, mentioned the other day about the batteries being pos- it's positional. Yeah. Yeah. So in at Rescue Church, the church that I pastor, uh, and obviously you go to, and we're so happy to have you and your wife there. What I did is I gave them a visual, which it's not really the same on a podcast, but I want to give them with words what I was giving them. I took a microphone, a cordless microphone, and I pulled the batteries out and I put them in incorrectly. And I was explaining to the people that there's potential here. The batteries aren't less valuable. The microphone isn't less valuable. But since it's out of order, it cannot function according to its purpose. And when God is not a priority in our life, it's really difficult to connect with him and hear from him when we put other things before him. And the biblical picture of that is Mary. Mary sat at the feet of Jesus. And when you sat in the ancient world at someone's feet, what that was saying is that you're becoming subservient to their authority. You're submitting to their teaching. So from humility comes proximity And so she was sitting under the word. She was at his feet. And the position of of humility is there, but also she's not going to let anything come in between her and Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so when Jesus is the first priority, I really find it difficult to not hear him. Yeah. (laughs) I know that sounds like that's not the answer we wanted, you know, but I mean, I'm not here to give people the answer they want. I'm, I'm trying to share the truth so that you can get into position. I find that that hearing is an issue of humility. And the one thing that's profound about listening is listening will transform my relationship with God. It won't transform God. It will transform how I experience him uh, and how he works in my life when I listen and obey him. But listening also transforms our human relationships. Someone who's not a good listener probably doesn't have very many valuable relationships. And, and so uh, learning to listen, I, I would say it this way, listening is a learned behavior. Many of us are preoccupied with what we have to do next or what we want to say. And so we're not actually present and actively listening. We're kind of going over what we want to say or do next instead of focusing on what is in front of us. How do I know this? And this is a little bit of a confession, I guess. Sometimes I'm watching a movie on Netflix and I'm going, did I see this yet? (laughs) And and what that's saying is that I spent so much time on my phone, I am unclear if I actually even seen this movie or not. So I'm I'm using myself here, um, throwing myself under the bus, but for the purpose of saying that when we're distracted, it's very difficult to hear or to hear clearly. And so listening requires attention, affection, humility. It's active. It's not passive. Okay, so you put Jesus first, and you position yourself to listen, and you mentioned it's a, it's, you develop it. 
So what's the first step? Like, what's a good first step for someone who wants to really grow in listening to God? Is it just going into the Bible or? I find that the Bible, worship, journaling, confession of sin to God, confession of faults to people, living with a clear conscience so that my soul is my conscience kind of like God's drawing board. There's clarity there. I find that I personally get a lot of clarity if I actually take out a real journal and an actual pen and actually write with my hand in a book. Not, I find not typing that, in your phone or your notepad. No, I find that there's, there's, there's a flow there. And I've written a bunch of books, which I don't really talk about a lot, but I learned how to write books by journaling. I probably had 10 or 12 journals full of testimony, things the Lord had said and done. And that was the, the foundation of me actually learning how to write books. And then Jesus gave me this revelation. He said, an author lives inside of you. It's easy to write books. Mm. And so I, I found that revelation is the thing that brings our relationship into the next level. We see this in John where Jesus says to them, I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. Because a, a servant, a master doesn't tell his servants what he's doing. That, that's, a, that's the point. So when we figure out and we, we listen and we see and we hear and there's clarity on what God is doing, it transforms our identity. So you're worshiping, you're in the word and you're in prayer and then you write down the thoughts you, you have. Yeah, don't discredit your thought life because you have the mind of Christ. Right. So that, that was my question. It's like, some people might ask, I don't know if it's my thoughts or God's thoughts, you know, is, do we even need to discern that? Yes, you know, like, the word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So let me, let me, the word breaks in and is the discerner of what I want to do and why. The word is a discerner. Like many times Jesus is there and he reads their mail and says, you guys, you know, the greatest among you will be the servant. They were just fighting about who was the greatest and he, he read their mail. The word is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Many times the enemy doesn't want us in the word because when the word is in our heart, Jesus becomes visible in our life. Mm -hmm. So the more the word is in you, the more you're in position, similar to the microphone with the batteries in correctly so that there's a connection so there's clarity yeah. and potential. Also, in, in the beginning of John, they say that Jesus was the Word before flesh. Yes. So The Word became flesh. Yeah. So even that, it's like, I think we look at the Word and sometimes confuse that as that's just knowledge and words, but it's actually the Spirit of Jesus ministering over us too. It's there, a person. Yeah, The Word spiritual. is a person. Um, the truth is a person. And um, I know this experientially that God wants to, God's love language is time. <laughs> oh, explain that more. God, God wants to spend time with us. Everything in the world is fighting for our, for our attention. The largest corporations that are worth the most money are fighting the hardest for our time so that they can get data from us and then use it to sell things to us. <laughs> yeah. So, so the fight is for our attention and our affection because mm. wherever your heart is, your treasure is also. So there's, there's, there's a battle. And one of the great battles in this generation is the battle for our attention. 
And I find that when we get in the habit of spending time with the Lord and listening for the Lord, I say things like this, you know, a proverb a day will keep stupid away. <laughs> and, and how all of life's decisions are, are very clear in the Proverbs. Mm. And all of the languages of the heart and the lament and the pain and the rejoicing and the hope and the disappointment, the language of the heart is, is in the Psalms. So they deal, th those are two books that deal with the head and the heart. Yeah. Yeah, the whole idea of God's love languages of time is, uh, it kind of aligns with a revelation I had not too long ago where God is a, a God is a God of process. If you look at his creative order, everything's just process. It's yeah. never like, yep. you know, he could, make, he could have made it that way, but it's very intentional. Everything is just process-based and process-driven. So yep. it kind of lines up with the whole time is the, the love language. Yep, and it just, we got to rain on the bang theory. It's like, when have you ever saw a bang create anything? <laughs> All a bang does is usually create disaster. Destroy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the idea, and that, and that also evades process. Yeah, right. So, so anyway, but um, getting back into it, I find that journaling is very helpful. And I find that when what, what God says to you is a priority, and, and you write it down and you value it, he'll keep speaking. Mm -hmm. Jeremiah said that your word is the rejoicing of my heart. And if we value something, you, you'll always have more of what you value. Yeah. And you also mentioned that, um, I don't know if we're skipping ahead, but there are blocks. Is that something you want to talk about now? or is it? Roadblocks. Roadblocks. Yeah, I, yeah. I want to talk about the things that hinder us from hearing the voice of the Lord. And so I wrote a book called Sitting at His Feet, Developing Ears to Hear the Voice of Jesus. Book is available on Amazon. It's available on wecjesusministries.com slash store. This is from chapter 12. And I consolidated that in another book called Listen, Learn, Obey, which is also on Amazon, and I wrote it with a friend of mine named John Natal. So there's a bullet point uh, list of a bunch of things that I think are hindrances to people hearing from the Lord and being able to see in the spirit. Because in the, in the spirit realm, it's not just hearing, but it's seeing. Uh, you see with the prophets, it, he says, see the word of the Lord. And so, okay. Uh, when we come to God with a preconceived notion of what he will say, we will not be able to hear what he's saying. That's one. If we do not believe what Jesus has said, we will clearly have trouble hearing what he is saying. A huge part of the reason people presently have a hard time hearing God's voice today is because of the leaders of yesterday. It's also because of false teaching that states that God is no longer speaking. Who in their right mind, they obviously were not in their right mind, and it wasn't a renewed mind, and it definitely wasn't the mind of Christ, because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Hebrews says that God has spoken in these last days by his Son. And so every time Jesus speaks to the churches in Revelation through John, he says, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. So Jesus actually believes that the Holy Spirit will help you to hear correctly and to apply directly to your life what you've heard. Yeah. So now are you talking more outside the word, but more like prophetically? 
Or, um, inside the word and if you're not reading it's like god is not limited to my bible time god is not a baptist <laughs> right but but the point there is that if i have a high value for his voice his word will be opened mm-hmm. and so you know people are like god isn't speaking well your bible isn't open but on the other end of that same exact coin god is bigger than a book and God is able to speak. I mean, God spoke and has spoken and will speak, and he's God and he speaks whenever he wants to. Like, I don't need to be reading the Bible to hear a word that is from the Lord. But what I do need to do is have a high uh, respect and reverence for Scripture and measure what I'm hearing against the word to test the Spirit to see if what I'm hearing is truly of God. Yeah. And so the Bible and, and Christ in the Bible is the standard. Yeah. And the whole testing of the Spirit, that's where community is really important, where community comes into play. Yeah. Yeah. When Paul's giving um, apostolic oversight to the prophetic ministry, which is another thing that we won't get into very long, but pastors do not pastor the prophetic. Only apostles can pastor the prophetic what's what's the difference (laughs) paul is an apostle he writes more about the context of new testament and how the prophetic flows than any prophet Mm -hmm. so apostles set the thing in order then keep it in order and this is very very important because they have a grace to oversee the movement This same principle is seen in David when David creates a tabernacle and he has seers on both sides of the house of the Lord to keep the worshipers in order. So there has to be a set order. And so anyway, with Paul and what he's writing to the church in, I believe it's uh, Corinth, is saying that the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophets. So there has to be a plurality of accountability and it's okay to be wrong. It's just not okay to stay wrong, right? So every the, Paul says that we people would learn to prophesy. Well, you don't learn without making mistakes. So there has to be a culture for grace and mercy, yet a strength for humility, accountability, doctrine, teaching, correction, and, and keeping this thing together in order, not controlled, but free. Yeah. And, and that, that is a grace that is on apostles. I mean, that's just, so um, yeah, I'm hoping that that was helpful. So, but we have to address false doctrines that say that Jesus Christ isn't the same yesterday, today, and forever. Because when you say that God is no longer speaking, you're saying that Jesus Christ is no longer the same yesterday, today, and forever. And because a whole bunch of people put all these scriptures together, which are God's word, it's kind of like they put the book you know, they closed the book and it's like they put God on mute and said that only God can speak in the Bible. And it's like, no, we measure everything according to the Bible. There's no question that this is the word of God and this is the standard. But it's like saying, I can't love my wife if I'm outside of the house. Like, like she doesn't cease to be my wife because we leave the house. So um, there's a whole bunch of things that are devoid of doctrine and wisdom and truth and so it's very important to know that jesus christ is the same yesterday today and forever and he's still speaking and he's still healing and he's still who he says he is and he still does what he says he's going to do if you don't believe that 
then you will lower your level of expectation. And that's exactly what unbelief does. Unbelief pushes into eternity with the things that God wants to do now. You, you know, and it's so it's, it's really, um, anyway, a person who will not receive correction probably will not have direction in their life. Sometimes we come to a place in God where we can go no further in him unless we allow him to deal with the things that are hindering us from moving forward. Many times, you know, it could be a, an unconfessed sin, a secret sin. It could be bitterness. Uh, you know, here's another one. Um, unforgiveness will harden hearts, deafen ears, and blind spiritual eyes. Here's another one. Someone who does not have rule over his own mind, will, and emotions will inherently struggle to hear God's voice. Hmm. So the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. So self-control is what allows me to have control of myself, which helps me identify that this isn't me speaking. This is God. Because there's a whole bunch of, I mean, there's fiery darts from the enemy, there's me, and then there's God. So I I have to be attuned to who's speaking. Yeah, that's so interesting. I, I feel like sometimes we just assume it's God not talking to us and we put the blame on God, but it's really, there's things in order that we need to put in our own lives to, to, to get tuned with God, to hear more of Him. Yeah, another way to communicate this same truth about tuning in. Like right now, we don't have a radio on. But right now, all through the airwaves, radio frequencies and, and sound are on and they're happening and like 1010 winds, which is the New York you know news, weather, all that, it's, it's on all the time. All the time it's on. But you, you don't tap into it unless you tune in. Mm. So the issue is not God. You're talking about someone who knows everything. Right. <laughs> I mean, he has some stuff to say. But if, if we don't tune in and we're not listening, many times we rob ourselves um, big time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm saying that not to put shame, but to say, hey, let's, let's tune in. Yeah. Also, just personally, I, I, I've noticed that sometimes you, in retrospect, realize it was God speaking after you obey. Yeah. For example, um, I'll share a little story. You know, like a couple of weeks ago, I was, I was going to sell something on Facebook Marketplace. And it was like, you know, it was something expensive. And I was having so much trouble selling it. I was getting hit up with scammers left and right. There was no serious buyers. And then on Sunday at church, um, you know, we were supporting some kind of uh, organization. And to be frank, I had no intention of supporting that organization. But I, I thought I heard God say, when you sell this, give all your money to this organization. And, you know, I had plans for that money. So it's not like, it's not like that was me. But, you know, I, I was questioning, like, is that God? Is that God? I just didn't know. But I just took the step of obedience and I said, you know what? I'll do it. Yes. And then the second I go home, a legitimate buyer just comes <laughs> and, and picks it up and gives me the money. So wow. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like it's the obedience step that lines up and then you get, you hear that's yeah. God. Yeah. Faith brought you into understanding. Yeah. And, and that's what faith does. Many times in the, in, the, in the West, in America, we want to have understanding and then have faith. But it's only by faith that we understand that the world were framed by the word of God. So it, that principle that faith brings us into understanding is essential because after you sold it, you had understanding, oh, wow, this is God. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's almost like God is pro-life because <laughs> I know who you supported yep, and what yep. you're doing, and I think that's great. And um, you were responsive to the Lord. And so that, that's, that's a good thing. 
Um, here's, a, here's another one. Unforgiveness. I think I said that one, but mm-hmm. I'll say it again. Unforgiveness will harden hearts, deafen ears, and blind spiritual eyes. Often in prayer, we speak too much and don't listen enough. You know, it's like you go, we go, we start screaming and yelling at God, and then we walk away. Yeah. And it's like a psycho fit. Yeah. Like if we could see ourselves, we're like, whoa, we look crazy. Mm-hmm. We're like, speaking in tongues, yelling, screaming, and then we just walk away and like turn on Netflix, and it's like, God is like, I, I want, I, I'm a person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I matter. I wanted to speak to you. You know, um, yeah, one thing I learned about that that was really helpful was prayer is not I'm starting a DK show and God's ready to hear me, but I'm actually responding to God. So it's not I don't start the prayer, but God's already speaking to us and it's a response. So, yeah, that totally changes my even posture of like, we got to listen. Yeah. One of the things that I learned early in my relationship with God, which I was great at listening to God. I was terrible at listening to people. And uh, that's usually a, a pride issue, right? Um, but one of the things I learned early on, my young 20s, is what I say to God is not going to transform his life. <laughs> but what he says to me will indeed direct and transform my life. Right. So it's far more important than I can that I listen to him instead of reading off a list of I wants and my to-do list for him. Yeah, I mean, diving works in the natural world, right? Like, let's say you're a basketball player, Michael Jordan walks in the room, you shut up. Yeah. Yeah, you talking doesn't help anything. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, and, and, and one of the things that I, I learned, you know, f- through making mistakes is that often in immaturity, we are speaking when we should be listening. So I had a meeting with Don Norai Sr., who was the founder of Destiny Image Publishing, and I was a young man and I was in his office and he told me something I'll never forget. He said, Adam, when I walk into a room, I, before I open my mouth and speak, I determine if I am a leader, a learner, or an equal. Wow. He reads the room. He reads the room. He has discernment. Did, I, did the Lord send me to contribute, to sit at the table, or to learn? Wow. And um, that's a probably a good thing to know before you start talking. Mm. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so he was a great man. All right, um, here's another one. Fear and worry will also cause spiritual ears to be deaf and spiritual eyes to be blind. That's good. Um, gossip. If we talk about God's kids, what makes us think that he is going to desire to talk to us? Like if you come to me and you just badmouth my kids. How long do you think I'm going to listen to that? Mm, yeah. Right, right? So, so okay. Um, when we do not obey what God has already revealed, chances are he may not reveal more. Um, we got a few more. Our ears uh, will be uh, deaf if we do not guard our hearts. Our spiritual eyes will be blind if there is not spiritual virtues in our life. Um, in 2 Peter 1, 5 through 9, it talks about virtue gives vision. So if I lack character, I lack clarity. The Bible says that the integrity, in, in Proverbs, the integrity of the upright will guide them. So if I have integrity, I have direction. 
Um, here's another one. Unconfessed sin causes shame. Shame causes people to run from God instead of to him. Here's another one. Unresolved conflict creates confusion. Someone who struggles with confusion will not have clear direction in his or her life. Hebrews 12, 15, looking diligently lest any man fell of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby many be defiled. So let's say I'm harboring something against you and then I go speak to a whole bunch of people. Even though what I said is true, I've just defiled them. Bitterness defiles many people. So now I'm hurting people who never hurt me because I didn't deal with the hurt. Mm. It's kind of like the forgiveness part too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one root of bitterness that springs up out of a person's mouth will defile many who hear it. Watch this. Defiled ears will have a hard time hearing from God. Despise not prophesying. When we despise prophecy, we are actually telling God we don't want to hear his voice. Despising prophecy, what does that even look like? That's like saying, oh, I don't want a prophetic word from someone else. I want God to speak directly to me. <laughs> Envy. Envy, jealousy, fear. Sometimes yeah. it's fear. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we had a bad experience with an immature person. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of things that the enemy tries to misrepresent truth, to block us from the freedom that if that truth was given correctly, we'd, we, we would be beneficiaries of. Um, offense really deafens our ears and hardens our heart. Choosing to forgive people before they say they are sorry is essential if we want to move forward in the kingdom. Bad theology caused by religious people in Jesus's day um, caused them to not hear God's voice and see what God was doing right in front of them. They thought Isaiah 63 was going to happen before Isaiah 53. They had theological misconceptions which caused them not to be able to see God in front of their face. Wow. God is so committed to us knowing what he's like he put on skin mm-hmm. in his son. I mean, you know, God became a man. And there's one mediator between God and man and it's Jesus. And Jesus is fully God and fully man, but Jesus is God's commitment to step into our condition and to give us clarity. Is that the, is that the full list? Um, here's another one. I, I find this with church people. A fear of being deceived. Many people are more afraid of being deceived than they are afraid of God. So like the the word is off or word is not true? Yeah, they're afraid. Mm. They're afraid of deception. Yeah, yeah. And the scripture does not tell us to be afraid of deception. It it teaches us to fear the Lord Mm -hmm. and to be alert and to be on guard, um, but not to fear deception. That's that's where the wisdom comes in and how you even receive words, you know? Yes. And it goes all back to the word. Yeah, exactly. This is why it's essential. Jesus meets the devil face to face. He quotes Deuteronomy 6, 16, 6, 14, and Deuteronomy 8. I mean, that's the word himself quoting the word. An angel, for those of you who are fixated with supernatural experiences, the angel comes to talk to Daniel 
about the scripture of truth. I, I, I don't know how much more clear it gets. Yeah, it's, it's almost like we want to know if this is God or not, if it's his voice. And he gave us a whole CD recorded of his voice. This is what I sound like. Yeah. So we know. Yeah. So that there's clarity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it's antichrist, it's not God. Which, which, if I can get back into the whole Gnostic thing for a second, the Gnostics, um, they did not believe that God came in the flesh because they believed that flesh was bad. So that Jesus was some sort of a spirit. It was kind of weird. So they're always seeking these weird spiritual experiences. But flesh is, inerrant, is not inherently sinful. Sin was a choice. It wasn't a result you know, of flesh, it was a result of disobedience. It's a heart issue, not a skin issue. Mm. It's a sin issue, not a skin issue, right, kind of like right. some of the other things that we face in our culture. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's, that's important. So, so it, it all goes, again, back to the Word of God. My, 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 my value for the Spirit is seen in how I handle Scripture. The same way that my love for God is seen in how I handle people. So many times we're looking for this deep spiritual, you know, experience that's so crazy, but we're nasty to the person in front of us. And it's like, no, nah, that, that's not God's best. Yeah. You know, and, and, and sometimes we're like, we're looking for this deep, like, word from God. And, and we're, we're failing to just like, be consistent in like coming to church or like reading the Bible or like we're not faithful with finances. We don't give, we're greedy. We're, we're fearful, anxious about the future. And then, and then it's like when you religify this in church, it's, it's classic. It's like, I don't trust God with my tomorrow, but I trust him with my forever. Yeah. It's delusional, mm-hmm. you know, and, and unbelief, it, it does not bring us into understanding. Yeah. So in summary, what I'm hearing is that, Number one, get into the Word, because the Word is the voice of God. And if you know the voice of God through the Word, you will be able to discern His voice. And number two, there are things in our life we need to get in order. We need to walk according to what's pleasing to the Lord. And even those things will align us to hear God even more, and He will trust us with even more. Absolutely. Yeah. Is there anything else that you want to... I would say one other thing. Is, is simply humility. Humility causes me to recognize that I need to hear from God and I need to hear from wise people. And it gives me the ability to hear. And listening, again, it transforms my relationship with God and it transforms my relationship with people. And when we put God first, we receive his best, not because we deserve it and not because we earned it, but we've positioned ourselves to receive what he's already provided. That's why it's really critical that we steward what God has already revealed to us. This is DK Kim and Adam Levecki. Thanks for listening. Adam Levecki here. On behalf of DK Kim and I, we want to thank you for listening to the Be Transformed podcast. If you have found this helpful, please subscribe, share, and review the podcast. Thanks again for listening to Be Transformed.